and welcome to the biggest and best podcast there is, the UOG Men's Rugby Podcast. Me and Charlie are back with episode five today, where we've got quite a big episode, to be fair. We've got two guests to start off with, a little Q&A that you've been giving us questions for on our Instagram all week, and then we've got a third guest after that as well, and then the quiz. So, yeah, how are you, Charlie? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, we had a very good night last night. We had our end-of-season awards, so that was good fun. Um, yeah, obviously, recognising people that have made good contributions towards the club, which is good to see. Um, yeah, another fun social Wednesday. So, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. <laughs> On that topic. Enjoyable night, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good night, actually. Um, nice to see a lot of boys there. Some boys haven't like, been on a Zoom chat with us for a while. Like People like Zane, the Freshers. But yeah, celebrating everyone's awards. And then you getting one yourself, Ab, didn't you? I know. Mr. Three's Player of the Year. I know. Sure. Very, all, very surprised. All came from your captain's performance against Southampton. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> speaking yeah, it of, helps when you've got a great team like the threes. Yeah, speaking of which, that threes performance um, against Southampton got the moment of the year, which I think was quite nice to see, considering it was the boys' first points for a lot of the te- a lot of the boys in that team, the freshers, their first ever points at uni. It was at home with all the boys watching. It was quite a nice thing for them to have and a nice achievement for them for this year as well. Because it's been a tough year for the threes, like. We'll talk to our first guest about that. But it has been a tough year, like me and you both now. Yeah, definitely. When you're in that kind of, in the three setup, obviously, more attention is perhaps put towards the first and second. So when we did have everyone down supporting all the boys and we got managed to get some form of result from the season, it was just kind of a good occasion for the whole club. as all over, really. And it was looking, to be fair, it was looking for a while like it would be the only home points of the season, but then luckily the first team got that win near the end. Indeed. So, we just mentioned talking about the threes and the twos, and now we've got the two captains for both of those teams. James King-Scott, the twos captain, and Matty Withy, the threes captain. Two of the biggest pains on Elaine and George Berry's season. So, here they are. So we're going to talk about their season now. You all right, lads? Yeah, I'm all right. Feeling better than expected. Probably better than you are. So... <laughs> Matty, we were talking just before about the blue and blue moment of the season, the threes getting that draw at Southampton. Obviously, you weren't playing that game, day, day, but do you think that's a good achievement for the lads who've had quite a difficult year? Uh, I think it's an amazing achievement. Um, I was gutted not to be a part of it. Dissertations are a pain, but um, I think it sort of proved what the threes have worked towards all year. We've been close a few times all year. Um, held back just purely for injuries, numbers. Um, we weren't able to finish. Um, and it showed the resilience within the lads to um, fight fight for the boys, fight for what they believed in. Um, and yeah, play some amazing threes rugby, which is the best rugby going at UOG. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I was immensely proud of the boys that day. And James, obviously the two have had a, a difficult season as well. How tough has it been to keep the lads motivated? Yeah, it's uh, obviously not been the most ideal of seasons coming into it, but 
it was very hard to try and keep the lads motivated. You just kind of, it almost sort of take the pressure off them and kind of get them back to just playing rugby for fun rather than any sort of competition. And eventually it pays off. And I mean, that showed with a couple of our boys making it into varsity selection. And also I was proud of the boys when they managed to um, like the penultimate game of the se- first game of the season. The penultimate game of the first team's season where a lot of them got attempts to play in the first team and actually managed to come away with a win. So the boys didn't go without the feeling of winning all season, which was quite nice. We mentioned about you two being a bigger pain to bury in a lane all season. So Matty, do you want to tell us a little bit about oh. kind of the stories you've had? I'll give you the brief version as um, I'm sure you don't want the long version. Um, in short, it is to what to be expected. The ones went up um, to a new league, new physicality, um, creating injuries uh, all the way through. Um, obviously, dragging then meaning that the ones had to bring in twos players, twos had to bring in threes players, and we didn't always have the numbers. Um, our main issue was specifically front row. Um, Bucks created this new rule. Um, surrounding front row and numbers of front row meant depicted how many players you allowed in the squad, um, which doesn't help unis like ourselves. Bigger unis um, got were able to use it just fine, but I think we we struggled because um, there just wasn't the number of props uh, within the club that we really needed. And you, obviously. George and Elaine and Alex Burnett have been like pretty good to the club this year. They've been really helpful to not just you two, but to the first team as well. How important has that been for you, both of you? So, James, you can start. Uh, I think it's been really important. I mean, I've often gone in and had to have long chats with Elaine, just trying to organise things, and George, um, which is always with regards to game days and match days, they are absolute stars. Like They make it so much easier for us to try and sort it out so that essentially all we have to do is see them pick up a pack of information and jump on a bus. As long as we remember the kit in the war bowls, which sometimes is a harder task than I originally thought, but usually it's all right. Um, and like Alex Burnett does so much for us. It's, he's literally one of our saviours, um, just with around getting around the Bucks app and things like that. He just helps us out massively with getting that sorted. So obviously, Matt, it's your potentially final year at uni so you've had three years at the club spending this year spending this year captaining what's like that whole journey been like for you um my journey's been a bit weird um because i do a history degree and it's quite hard to fit sport around um not some of the degrees within the university the, the lecturers are willing to compromise but having lectures on a wednesday you're supposed to be going, say, to Plymouth to play, isn't ideal. Um, so I, my first year and a half was probably, was probably quite jagged in terms of some weeks I'd be able to play, some weeks I wouldn't. Um, but I enjoyed playing for the threes and twos all my way through university. Um, amazing bunch of lads um, all the way through, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So, Matty, do you think having the captaincy this season's kind of capped it off well for you as a whole unit experience? Um, I'd say yeah, 
definitely. Um, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way to ha- be helping out the threes boys. So I find threes is a very important part of men's rugby. Provides um, development for other te- uh, for players to move up into other teams, as well as those who were in my situation who can't always play every week because it's dependent on their course in university to still be able to play. Um, a lot of people label the threes as a social club. Um, for some, that might be true, but I truly think the threes is an integral part of uh, the men's rugby team uh, at UOG. So it's been an honour to uh, help lead the boys, help them out uh, and meet a lot, meet a lot of freshers and help them develop within their first year. I think you could tell that it was more than a social team by the fact that every week you'd have members of the thirds and the seconds always turning up to training both sessions every week after maybe not having the best result on a Wednesday. How how good as a captain was it for both of you to see that resilience throughout the whole season? Yeah, I think it was really important, especially with the results going the way they were. It was important that all the lads just kept coming to training because it's so easy to get downhearted and just think, oh, well, we lost again. No point in me going to training. It's just going to be this, just going to be fitness and everything. But it's important that they keep coming because they can build on the skills. And maybe if this year doesn't go as well, next year, if they learn the shape, if they've improved their skills, you never know where they might end up. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it, it shows the resilience within the boys and the belief within the boys. Um, as uh, Cam and Sam mentioned last week, so occasionally I did lose my head a bit, um, which is understandable. Um, I, At the end of the day, like Cam said last week, I just wanted the boys to play um, and play and enjoy rugby because what's the point um, if you don't? And I think... It was great to see them still at training because it showed me that they were still enjoying their rugby. No matter how the season was going, no matter how we were having issues with qualifying with Bucks, etc., um, the boys were still enjoying their rugby. And that's the most satisfying thing, I think, about being the 13 captain this year. Um, you said about the kind of camp, you mentioned camp. Obviously, the first game, three game of the season, we had camp play in. We had Zane, we had Clarky, and they've all gone to play for the one. So do you think the threes have become less, well, the threes are starting to become a stepping stone up through the club like they haven't been in the past? Um, I think it's always an option. and that That's always a possibility. But the threes is its own self as well. It's not, it's not just a feeder for the ones and twos. It's also a team for the boys to enjoy rugby I think that that also helped with the fact that with me and Matty and Yeston and Nick who are our co-captains with us all communicating every week it made it quite easy for the players that were playing well in order to be able to make that step up into the twos and then further on into the ones and obviously with Clark he's managing to stay there most of the season and uh, Cam and Zane making some appearances at the end You mentioned the co-captaincy stuff. How important was that, having the help of Nick and Yeston? I, I thought it was really important having the help from Yeston, um, just because the way we delegated or split up our activities is that he would organise the backs and I would organise the forwards, which just kind of 
took a lot of essentially guesswork out in my case because we never do drills together where you properly get to look at a back skill set if you're a forward or if you get to look at a forward skill set if you're a back so it just meant that we could try and pick the best team possible and it also just gave you people to bounce ideas off so in case you were forgetting an obvious player um, as well as just breaking it down on match days so you don't feel like everything's on you. Yeah I think Nick was um, it was really important to have Nick this year helping me out was he uh, captain the threes last year Um, and he gave me sort of that stepping stone experience knowing how to sort things out um, we got the ball rolling quite quickly. Um, neither of us were really prepared for all the rule changes this year, um, but we supported each other um, to go through, um, and that's the main thing. Nick went off and ended up playing for the ones, so he wouldn't be able to play for the threes. I think that was just, um, it was great for him. I was so proud of him. It's sort of an ambassador for the threes, showing what you can do if you work hard within the uh, team. So, um, yeah. My King Scott, we've got a few, well, five quickfire questions for you. So, Matty, you'll go. You can go first. All right. So, first one: VK or VKs or cider? Cider all the way. West Country for life. Plot court or folly? Folly, fortress folly, any time. Fever or muse? Fever. So, home or away? Home at the folly with the boys, followed by Fever. And finally, Downsy or Smithy? <laughs> ah, um, I'm going to have to say Downsy. He's helped me a lot with my scrummaging over the years and lineouts. Whereas, obviously, Smithy being a backs coach, I don't really have um, as much time with him. Fair enough. Right, and now finally, and you, King Scott. So, home or away? Home. Fever or Muse? It's got to be Fever. VK or Cider? VK. Plotcourt or Folly? Plotcourt, I don't think I've actually played it. I've played at the Folly once, I think. Downsy or Smithy? Oh, if I speak, I'm in trouble. Um, I'd say Downsy because I've, I've actually had the pleasure of being able to play with them. So, both of you, thanks a lot for joining us and um, being the guest on the podcast today. Um, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Bye. So, as you might have seen on our Instagram story this week, we've been um, letting you lot ask us some questions so for me and Heinz to answer now, and we've got a decent amount amount through. So, we'll get started. So, the first one is from Mike Bevan, one of our freshers. And he asked, what would, the, what would you have predicted the score to be at Varsity this year? Oh, um, well, I don't know how Worcester were getting on this year. I assume, you know, not as well as us, because, you know, we are superior. Um, we had a good squad of boys, so I reckon it would have been a successful day for us. I reckon, you know, a fair 20, 25 point gap, you know. Confident in the boys. I think I, I, I'd back you on that one, yeah. I think we'd have won quite comfortably in the end. I think we, when it was varsity day, we did a bit of a prediction. A lot, every, all the boys were saying how confident they were going into it. So I think we would have done quite well. 
Right. Um, next question we have. We've got a lot of interesting ones here um, that probably can't be read out. Um, we'll go with a good one from Joe Barley that we've recently found out is what effects do you think COVID-19 will have on books next year? Yeah, so I don't think it's being put out there, but we believe that it's not books isn't going to start till January at the moment. It might change, that might change, but what it looks like, it's not going to be January for now. So that's going to change a bit of how we work. Obviously, we're still going to have to train. Maybe like we'll end up playing friendlies because I don't think if grassroots rugby is allowed, then I presume we'll be allowed to play friendlies, just not books uh, organising their start date for January. So hopefully we can still be playing, we can still train and stuff, but we just won't be in a competitive environment till January. So it's going to be a bit weird, but yeah. Indeed, it will be weird. I think the worry that I thought about was perhaps player retention because we've struggled, well, not struggled, but obviously we've had our issues with player selection this year. And then to add on top of that, we don't need any kind of player retention issues and getting players to sign up. And I just hope that kind of this lack of rugby throughout this period will make people going to uni want to play rugby again. And that is so important to the whole club as well as like, in particular, the threes as well, because they depend on kind of those players that are there yeah. just wanting to play rugby for the fun of it. Really. I think in a strange way, it might actually help us in it, like getting people on because everyone's going to be raring to go once it gets back to playing that we'll want to be ready to go. Indeed, fingers crossed. So the next question is from Netball's Loretta, and she says, what is your highlight of your time in your G-Men's rugby? Are we going personally or throughout the club? No, personally. During my time? Personally. Uh, personally, we've given it quite a bit of airtime already, but I think that game against Southampton was obviously a big one. And then having the honour of being able to captain, which, you know, depending what happens next season, it's nice to kind of have been given that opportunity to do it for a game and to get a result as well was very nice. I think another one that also sticks out was the win against Royal Ag last year, which was one of the oddest matches I've ever played in. There were dogs running all over the pitch and spectators trying to punch us. But apart from that, to get the win and put one over on them when they were being held away was great. What about you? I think that's up there for me. Um, I think I were the two probably in my first year. Weirdly, um, one of them was away at Bournemouth where I scored my only try for uni for the twos. And then another one in the same year was when we lost away at Bristol. And weirdly, it's my favourite game. I just enjoyed the whole aspect of it. We had to win to stay up and we didn't win. But I kind of enjoyed the whole game and like the environment of the boys that day was really good. Yeah, I think one thing that also sticks out for me was when we were on the losing side, but it was just kind of a funny memory of last season, the threes game at the Folly. We were getting ready to play a Bucks game and then we realised we haven't booked a ref. And we was it King Scott that had to ref? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, and he put in a great performance and I think we called the game that 20 minutes, certainly. <laughs> but I think that really epitomised probably third team university rugby. Yeah, I think we had that as well this year um, when Exeter came up. I'm sure one of their boys refed us as well so yeah moving Indeed. on next question so right let's have a look what do we have um 
yeah, as I said, half of these I probably can't ask. Um, so next up, we have another question from Mike Bevan, who I think maybe he's trying to brown noses slightly here, but he's asking who the best fresher is. I think you can, there's two ways you can look at that. This there's like who's been the best on a pitch, and Bevan is probably up there. To be fair to him, he's had a great season, winning first team most improved player coming from the twos, but then you can look at it as a, as a bloke, as a person, like socially, and then you think you've got people like Joe Barley's up there, nah. But then I think my, not favourite, the one who's like stood out the most to me is Cam Finley, our guest last week, because he kind of came from the threes doing, playing for the threes, made the progression throughout the season to playing for the twos and then the ones. And like he's kind of grown as a social member as well. He's been a lot more social with the older boys, I think. We noticed that a little bit toward the end of the season. Like he was coming out of his shell a lot more, and I think that was great to see. I think you meant all the names you mentioned there. They're kind of players that have really thrown themselves into it, not just like the social side, because obviously if you want to do a social, you do a social, but if you don't, you throw yourself into the rugby, and they've all done that hands down. And I think, as you mentioned, Cam, Mike, and then, I don't know, personally for me, with the threes connection, I think Joe Barley's been a good asset to the threes this year because he's got stuck in on the field and he's a good laugh most of the time. So, A couple more questions before we move on to our next guest. Um, if either of you weren't a member of Rugby Union, which sport would you give a go? And that's from George Sanderson. <laughs> you can go first on that one. Oh, thank you. Um, what sport? Um, I don't know. I don't want to mention the L word because it wouldn't be, but I feel all the connections may be suggesting that from Sanderson. Um, I don't know. I played a bit of cricket, a bit of, bit of hockey in my time. I, I brought a hockey stick to uni first. <laughs> yeah, probably hockey, I would say. What about you? I think like, I'm not sure I'd play any other sports, but like, if I join one socially, I'd like cricket because I got on to cricket boys quite a lot. Obviously, Curtis and Millard. Um, I used to play cricket as well so potentially that then you look at it socially you could be like there's loads of other teams back myself doing dance after my task bash performances as well to be honest <laughs> I'm sure they'd they sure, Fair enough. I'm sure they'd let me in I'm sure they spoke very positively about you last exactly. week so the last question we've got is kind of one that's been asked in a couple of ways across a few of the questions I think dance asked a similar kind of thing but our questions from our sister club, UOG Women's Rugby, who have asked, can we expect big things for the next year? Yeah, I think it's something that a couple of clubs have asked, men's football and netball asked as well, as well as asking what are we going to do without Harry, but um, <laughs> we'll be fine without Harry. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think we should do. I think our new committee with Tommy at the head of it is in a really good position. And I think we've been put in a really good position this year, despite not having a good, not a great time on the pitch. Like all three teams kind of struggling to build up results off the pitch. We've done really well. Um, we've come, we've improved our relationships with other clubs, something we've not really had before. And I think that's starting to help. That means we can promote everything. We can work with teams to help out. We get people supporting us. We get people coming to our fundraisers. I think we've been to a lot of fun, more fundraisers this year than we had in my my time at uni. I don't know if you felt that, but I feel like we've been we've represented everything now. We never really used to be. 
And obviously, one of our big, our big thing every year is Tash Bash. So hopefully that still goes ahead this year with everything that's happening. But I know Tommy's already got plans in mind for that within, as well as selling the T-shirts, selling more merch, like bottle openers, lanyards, things like that. So it should be good. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, with it's been kind of rumoured that it's probably going to be a January restart. So we've got that time from September that we kind of need to get some stuff out there and get doing some stuff. So I think we're going to be put through our paces on the media side of it. And hopefully this podcast will be good for that. But yeah, I think there's lots of potential for stuff to be done to keep everyone entertained and to keep the club moving forward as we have been doing very well, obviously with the charity side and well, hopefully everyone keeping fit as well, getting ready for the season when it is played. So I hope you've enjoyed that little Q&A getting to know mine and Angie's opinions on stuff. Um, our next guest is someone we mentioned in that segment, Harry Morgan Grant, one of Netball's favourites, and he's been doing a load of stuff for charity, so we're going to speak to him about that. So here is our third guest of the podcast, Mr Harry Morgan Grant. Um, so Harry, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you're doing this charity at the moment? Yeah, so uh, basically myself and three of my mates from uh, back home, we are raising money for a local um, cancer support centre called Belindra Cancer Centre. Um, so basically we're uh, travelling the equivalent distance from Barrie in South Wales to Prague where we uh, we're planning on going for a boys holiday this summer to celebrate uh, pretty much the end of the year. So we're running cycling, uh, walking as uh, I think it's 1,528 kilometres. We originally set out we were going to raise a thousand pounds. We thought that was quite uh, like a big target for us, to be honest. So we thought that was a bit out of our range. But at the moment, we've managed to raise four thousand pounds, and we are finishing today. So two of us already have done uh, done our kilometres for the day. So we're finished. So we're just waiting on the other two boys to do theirs. And then that should take us across the 1,528-kilometre mark. So this is the last day. So how difficult has like the cycling been? Has it been challenging for you? Oh, yeah, it's been hard. So basically in Barry, it's pretty much one big hill. So it literally is steep. So it's not too bad getting down there, but then coming back up, it's, it's very hard. But we've had limited days off. We said that we weren't going to have many days off. Just try and keep ploughing on as if we were actually going to Prague. Um, so yeah, we haven't really had any rest to be honest, but yeah, it, it, is, it has been quite physically hard, but it's keeping us in shape, I guess. Yeah. How important do you feel it is to give back to charities such as this cancer charity in time where people are struggling for money, with money coming in, given in the current environment? Oh, massively important because, um, so obviously with cancer, like the stats are like one in two people will get cancer. So although it's scary. So places like Valindra looked after my mum when she had cancer and really supported her throughout that. So I think without, without that support from places like that, she wouldn't have dealt with it as well as she did and wouldn't have come out the other side maybe. So to give back to, to a place like that, uh, and even if you haven't been affected by cancer, there, there is a risk that you will when you're older and you will thank yourself for donating to these charities. Kind of away from this charity thing, obviously it's your last year at uni now, Potentially, um, how has that kind of journey been 
through your three years playing rugby? Oh, to be fair, I, I wouldn't have. I, to be honest, I wouldn't have stuck uni out if it wasn't for the rugby and the and the, the boys around me. To be honest, I, I, I struggled in my first year with the whole adapting to uni lifestyle, but the the rugby gave me a bit of a, a sense of belonging and somewhere I fitted in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's been been a mental three years, but it's sad to see the back of it really. Obviously, you played in two varsities. How how are those two experiences for you being fresh in your first one and then second year? Uh, they were they were class to be honest. The um, first year there were some good boys in in the first year and they they sort of drove me on. Then after they left, they they sort of uh, gave me a bit of inspiration and to kick on and then go for a varsity in the in the year after. And it's, it was good for develop me as a player and a person really. Aside from varsity, are there any kind of particular moments that stand out for you along the journey? Uh, winning, winning the league in my second year, that was like that's that was probably the the highlight. I think, D- despite the varsities, like that was probably the highlight of of my university playing career, if it was. But like honestly, that day, like I, I remember everything about that day. Like it, it was class. But and. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good team we had in the second year. I think that's it. So, Harry, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, yeah, it's been good to, li- good to listen to you and like, well done on all the charity stuff you've been doing and hopefully you raise a bit more money as well. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers for having uh, me. Right, so, as all you listeners might have seen, well, you should have seen, heard so far we've been having a quiz at the end of every episode and today we are joined by Katie to um, give us some questions so Harry how it works is it's kind of elimination so someone like they'll ask me the question if I get it wrong I'm out and then basically go from there whoever's last wins so Katie do you want to get us started? Uh, Sam you can start us off Uh, Prague is home to Europe's biggest nightclub true or false? Um, false. No, it's Ooh. true. So I am in <laughs> three weeks in a row. I'm not winning. Uh, Charlie, what is Prague is home to the largest what? Um, <laughs> Royal. Royal. That's the um, I don't know. What's Royal? Um, I've got no clue. No clue. To, uh, Royal Baths. <laughs> <laughs> the largest castle. Oh, right. So, Harry, well you've fun. got a, you, you, Harry. You've got a question right, to me. What is Prague's largest landmark? Oh, tallest. Um, like, tall. oh, I don't know. Uh, is it a church or like a? Not, not no. Right. Okay. What? So this is a first. So we're gonna to have to go. Oh, these again. are these are our questions. Okay. Here we go. Right. Easy one. Sam. Prague is the capital of where? Czech Republic. There we go. I'm glad I didn't get that one. Because I would have got that wrong on the spot. Uh, Charlie, what is the name of the river that runs through part Prague? It's the longest river in the Czech Republic. Oh god! Um, should have listened more in geography now. Um, I don't know. Um, 
name a river. I genuinely can't think of any Czech rivers, to be honest. I've not really got an extensive knowledge of that. <laughs> Hi, Hi out. Yeah, I'll take Okay, um, Harry, beer on most menus is cheaper than water, true or false? True. Yeah, that's true. Right, so back to me. Okay, locals loved their beer, but roughly how many litres are drank every day? Every day. To like the nearest 10. Um, per person or, oh no, obviously like not. Collectively. That was a stupid question. Um, 100,000. <laughs> you don't even get a point, that's 150 litres. Oh uh, yeah, I messed this up right, <laughs> Harry, for the win. Um, Harry, in what year was Prague's historic clock built? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I guess. Um, I'm going to go 1682. No, 1410. Right. Now back to me again. <laughs> right, I'm literally running out of questions here. Okay. Nearest, to the nearest million, roughly how many people visit Prague each year? Seven. Six. Can I give you that? Oh. No, because it's not near me, is it? We've actually got two questions left that I've done. Right, okay, Harry. What is Prague's nickname? I don't know. Prague? City of a hundred spires. Yeah. How many know. questions do you have left for you? One. <laughs> is, is it a number question? No, it's a yes or no question. <laughs> what are we going to do here then? Right. <laughs> Does the Czech Republic have a rugby team? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Does that make you a <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm taking the win for this one. Hey, how was that? How does that work? <laughs> Sure. So, <laughs> just ask Sam the last you. question he also wins. What's going on there? Thank you. Fiddling the system. <laughs> thank you for those questions, Katie. And <laughs> thank you, Harry, for joining us. Um, me and Charlie will be back next week. So thanks everyone for listening. Cheers. Bye.